Hey, guys. Huh. Check this out. Welcome to Check This Out, a podcast where we take an analytical view of the media that appeals to us as individuals and why. I am Elle, your host, and with me today is special guest and enemy of the show, Aaron. If you would, uh, please introduce yourself and tell us maybe a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Aaron. I am... No one of particular importance or significance for profession or anything like that. I just happen to have seen an inordinate amount of anime and quite enjoy it. So you're in good company, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're bringing something to the table that you enjoy and are passionate about. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about it in your own words? Sure. Um, the show, I, I think I already said it's an anime, but yep. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to be talking about the anime Black Cat, which is a action crime show about an ex-assassin, an ex-cop, and, and a magical super her weapon. And in the form of a little girl, and they're slightly existential adventures dealing with the creepy, totally not ex-boyfriend of of the ex-assassin. <laughs> that does seem to be a little bit of a running theme in anime, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I guess whatever sells, eh? Yeah. <laughs> this is certainly the creepiest case I have come across in. So, uh, cool. I have my prepared list of questions uh, designed to delve a little bit deeper into that enjoyment of yours, if that's okay. Go ahead. All righty. So, question one. Imagine that I was someone who had been recently awoken from a coma or resurrected from being frozen in ice or even some sort of inanimate object gifted malevolent knowledge of modern times and sentience. So, essentially, I know what media is, but I've never experienced any. How would you explain Black Cat without comparing it to something that I wouldn't know? Um, It's a story told through moving drawings (laughs) that had... And moving drawings and not an insignificant amount of music at fall Lowe's three e characters um, as they learn about morality and you get to see another world that's not quite the one you've just woken up to. Um, So it might be good for comparing contrast in this metaphor that I'm taking too seriously. 
Yeah, I'm realizing. <laughs> uh, uh, that's fine. It's we've had that happen before, and it's always good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So basically, along the same lines of how how you put it in your own words to begin with, I guess. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I guess. That's yeah, all right. It just means that you've you've got a good explanation for anyone who's not like immersed in the whole like anime fandom and has to be aware of six hundred different tropes that are going on. Yeah, it it is in some ways, at least from my somewhat biased perspective, given that it was one of the first ones I saw, a very entry friendly anime. That's hmm. not to say you can't enjoy it if you know all the tropes, but. Um, beyond understanding the anime tends to be a little bit bombastic and people tend to yell and emote quite visibly. And for long and periods of time. For long periods of time. And that <laughs> guns are not necessarily superior or inferior to swords. You don't need much background in anime. Um yeah, why why was that guy holding a gun and now is just pointing at his finger? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, kind of easy for anyone to get into whether you're like new to the genre or the medium or a long-time fan. Yeah. Cool. So, question 2. Hypothetically, our positions are reversed, and I'm guesting on your immensely popular and award-winning podcast. I've just answered the previous question with your response. What stands out to you the most? Um, I think the part of my response that would stand out to me the most is the moving pictures thing. I, I think that if I were the person frozen in the previous metaphor, I'd be like, okay, that's a little bit condescending. Uh, <laughs> though my more actual answer would probably be uh, noting that it sounds like a character-focused show. Hmm. Um, or even if you were to take the, the moving pictures analogy a little bit further in that it's not a standard... It's not like a movie or something where you're just going to see actual people. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's got that little bit of extra unrealness, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so question three. So we can tell that this is something that you actually enjoy and care about, but what got you to give it a chance in the first place? Um. So... I realize that I'm younger than you by a decent amount, but you are also from a different continent, so this may not be relatable. <laughs> um, back in my day... Oh, I'm aging to dust already. <laughs> uh, back when I, was, um, when I was a young teen, um, you could, and I did, um, well... What's a good way to put this? Um, you, Funimation's YouTube channel had many of their shows, all of the episodes, full episodes, legally available to stream. 
in English dubbed. Which, yeah, come at me, sub fans. Dubs are also good, especially if you're trying to watch them on a 720p at best teeny tiny little little phone. Um, I think it was an iPhone 2 at the time. Well, I... Yeah, like I joked, but Jesus, that does make me feel old. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there was this time period, and streaming wars are now a thing, so this is still somewhat true. There's still quite a few full series on Funimation's YouTube channel and a few other anime distributors, but, um, and... I was sort of floating around watching an episode or two of different full series I found on there. And this one captured my attention. The opening was very, for lack of a better term, cinematic. It felt directed. um, There's sort of a dark noir, but with lots of colors aesthetic too. The Direction of Black Cat, which um, I found really compelling. I immediately fell in love with every character the series put in front of me, and I binge-watched the entire thing from there. So, basically a random, like, YouTube troll. Yeah. I mean, I I knew I was specifically looking for an anime to watch, but... Yeah. I mean, that's cool. That just shows like there is something out there kind of for everyone. You just need to be willing to put the feelers out. Yeah. So question four. For some people, a sense of community and like-mindedness are integral to their enjoyment of something. To your knowledge, is there a community around Black Cat that you're aware of? And if so, what are they like? Um... I don't know how much active fandom there is, as in people who are still creating things here in 2021. But there is certainly a history of analysis of the show and a lot of history of people making fan art and cosplay and other sort of forms of enjoyment for the anime. Um, The modern anime market... Oh my god. Um, Again, I feel like I'm making myself out to be older than I actually am when I say that now anime is quite seasonal. But back then, especially because of the way imports worked on the earlier internet, you got the seasons of whatever someone got a license to. And you kind of got them all at once. Um. So it very much was the sort of thing where people would stumble across a show, not necessarily like the watching it as it's currently airing fandom you might have for something that's more recent. But yeah. Yeah, so no simulcasting parties? Not so much. Um, Not... I suppose they may have existed around the time of the release, but it would have been very early for that kind of capability. 
is it the kind of thing where like if you went to a convention in costume that it would be recognized or is it in a sort of more obscure these days I think if you were cosplaying as Train Hartnett, who's the main character, you would probably be recognized at least by, like, the older fans. You would probably be recognized by someone dressed up as Goku. (laughs) Fair. Uh, So, I guess, uh, question five. Uh, There are many aspects of media that resonate differently with different people. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was watching the watching and listening to um I didn't write the name of the voice actor in my little notes document. Um the main antagonist for the series Creed Diskins is as I sort of alluded to obsessed with the main character and obsessed with his past as an assassin and his previous lethality in a almost lustful, but, but mostly self-destructive way. Um, And it is fascinating to watch him desperately try and reclaim that more violent person and lash out at um, Train's compassion, which is, yeah, it, I found very compelling and very intriguing. Um, I did just look it up quickly. Uh, Chris Patton, I think. Yes, that would be that would be the English voice actor who just has so much fun with the role. Um, this the save is also very capable. Yeah, just because I thought if someone's going to be listening to this and then just screaming at us, it's like, who was it? Oh, why don't you know this? Ah, it's like I'll I'll try and head that off. Although the emails have already been sent. Yeah, oops, they're going to your email. You called me an enemy of the show. I'm gonna have to send some, get you some, send some sort of hate. Sorry. Fair. (laughs) Uh, So, question six, uh, following on from the previous question. What do you think would appeal most to the general public? I think for the general public, there is something compellingly cinematic and specifically action cinema that um, is not necessarily unique to Black Cat, but very notable in its case. Um, There are shots such as a character holding a sword to another character's throat, um, sort of panning out to use that silhouette to segue to a um, chapel building's top. Um, And a lot of stuff like that that I think would be, is both familiar and really artistically executed in this case to sort of a general audience, especially an audience that doesn't watch a lot of anime. So, like, the cinematography and scene setting? Yeah. Um. Cool. Because, I mean, then there's, like, the people that are complaining about subs versus dubs. It's like, well, this is visuals. You don't need to have one way or the other. Yeah. Um, And both of the voice casts are excellent is about as far as I'll dip my toe into that 
mass of um, questions and comments, and both are easily accessible too. Um, yeah, I mean, that, so that's that is something that uh, like the anime community does sort of rally around. It's the, the big fights over if you should watch it pure or are you allowed mm. to have even the subtitles show up or do you need to wait for the like the translation because you're just such a noob. It's like, <laughs> come, come on, like everyone enjoy it. It's all good. Like you, you get the same thing out of it. Yeah. Um, I won't go off on a tangent. I won't go off on a tangent. Yes. And in this case, if you're curious, um, it's very, well, oh, what's a good way of putting it? Um, the subs and the dubs line up quite closely. There's not a lot of cultural context that you're going to miss either way. It's set in like uh, Europe in mild mobster dystopia. <laughs> so Europe. Yeah, Europe. <laughs> I I mean, I feel like there are less bounty hunters in actual Europe, but I haven't been there in a long time. So it yeah, may have been taken say? over by bounty hunters. I, I have a feeling there may be some people who would think that, yes, that's a better government. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is one of the themes of the show. There we go. Um, so question seven. Say that I do end up enjoying this because of your excellent recommendation. What would be your number one follow-up? It doesn't necessarily have to be a sequel or anything, but what what would I look to if I wanted more of the same afterwards? Um, there's nothing else that's quite like Black Cat, but the number one thing that I would direct you to next would be Blood Blockade Battlefront, which trades out some of the drama of... Um, traveling around as bounty hunters for um, being set in New York post-comic book apocalypse, um, but very similarly has some sort of compelling characters and a similar sensibility in terms of world building and also... um, speaks to that sort of more cinematog- cinematographic action movie sensibility. Hmm. I'll have to make a note of that. I, I may put it in the show notes if I can find it out properly, but we'll see. Um, question eight. Uh, sometimes our engagement with a piece of media comes from a position of relativity. Did you have a character that you specifically related to? And if you did, what drew you to them? Um, I think that of the characters, the one that I related most strongly to or felt some sort of compelling bond to that kept me very invested in the show and their um, ongoing adventures was Eve, who is the youngest of the three main characters she's 
kind of a manufactured biological weapon that's also sort of magic. Um, but she's very unfamiliar with a lot of common sense. Um, and she's very young. So she takes this much more naive and direct approach to the problems that the group encounters. But she's also trained as an assassin and raised to be a living weapon and for a mobster, because again, mobster dystopia things, things are happening. Um, So she's simultaneously aware and not aware of the world in very interesting ways that make her a really valuable third member of the cast. Yeah. Kind of like an audience stand-in to have things explained? Well, almost the opposite. Um, Honestly, I resonated a lot with all three of the main characters. Um, Sven is the oldest of the group. He's the only one that was initially a bounty hunter. He was a cop before that. Um, And he, well, oh, all of them are very aware of the mechanics of the world. He is the least tuned in to the more lethal side of it. Um, So if someone needs to ask the questions about to get the world explained, it's usually Sven. Um, Whereas Eve... I don't want to spoil any direct plot points, but... Is more like a part of the world and therefore would already know? In some ways. She solves problems very directly. She goes up to someone, frankly states her opinion, smashes them with her magic hairfists, and then shoots her magic guns at them if that's not quite enough. (laughs) And... And politely, he apologizes and makes sure they're they're not hurt once the situation has been resolved. So, typical anime teen. A lot more emotionally detached, but yeah, you're sort of getting there. Um. (laughs) Uh, So, question nine. A lot of these types of interviews rely on the question of what would you bring with you to a desert island in order to get to know a person? But that's not this show. What we ask instead is to picture this scenario. You're on a deserted island with no hope of rescue, but food, water, shelter, and everything like that has been taken care of so that you won't succumb before natural passage of time. Uh, You've also been provided with a single piece of media and the means to engage with it. And for you, it is Black Cat. How frequently do you watch it and how long would it take for you to be sick of it? Um, I think that I'd probably watch Chit in segments. um, And an episode or two at a time and maybe repeating an episode. Um... I think I'd probably try and watch it like once a week, maybe doing some engaging with it from the perspective of reading about it or not reading, writing about it or analyzing different aspects of it, the animation, 
turn off the voice track and just listen to the song, something like that. Um, I am the sort of person that will eat the same food for a week straight because I discovered I like it. <laughs> um, so it would probably take me maybe a year and a half to be thoroughly sick of it. Keep in mind, it's only 26 episodes. <laughs> uh, I think it might be less than that. I mean, you're still beating the people who suggested movies to me. Because yeah. it's like, oh, well, this, I mean, this is two hours. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot longer than a movie. It's not something like Naruto where, or no, let me make people angry. It's not something like One Piece where you could spend your whole life trying to catch up and still will be behind the manga. <laughs> well, I mean, a deserted island would be an ideal place to bury pirate treasure. Yeah, if they ever did anything actually compellingly piratey other than have a hat. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to get shit for that. <laughs> That's fine. It's your podcast. <laughs> yep. Uh, send all complaints to at uh, Australian Prime Minister on Twitter. Don't worry, I'll get it. I tr Trust me. I just assume that Australia is made of like three people that I happen to know from Australia. So that sounds legit. Yeah, see? What could go wrong? For those that didn't get the joke, I'm an American. <laughs> and that is all the questions that I had. So thank you for indulging me. Awesome. Uh, hopefully that's given people a little bit of a deeper insight into your perspective. But uh, before I ruin the show by talking myself for a little while it's time for everyone's actual favorite part a word from the sponsors thank you sponsors uh i would give hugs but i'm not really a huggy type so let's settle for a handshake shall we now i do have my follow-up review from last episode's enemy of the show and self-proclaimed very tired dad ranico and his suggestion of back in time for dinner is this a show that you're familiar with no sorry no that's all right um it's kind of a historical education cooking show is sort of the best way i can describe it uh, the conceit of it is that, um, like, an entire family has to live as if they were in a particular decade for a week. And it's like, well, you know, in the 50s, everyone ate tripe. So here is your dinner. It's tripe. Deal with it. But, it, it, like, every day they progress a year so they can get updated technology or what are the trends that are happening at the time. It, it is kind of interesting to see... Like, refrigeration wasn't a thing in Australia until, what, 1956. So mm. for, like, four days, they're eating out of an icebox. Um, as a TV series, I did only watch uh, a few episodes because there are a lot of episodes and I only have so much time. So I did give it my three-episode test. I... I would recommend it. I think it is a, a solid four out of five series. 
and I would be excited to go back and watch more. So before we wrap up this, the final ever episode of Check This Out for this recording session and fifth time that I've made that joke, uh, could you tell the audience where they might find you online and if you have anything to plug? Uh, um, I have a Twitch channel, which I'm trying to use more, and I totally know what my Twitch username is, and I'm not fluffing for time so that I can check. Um, I am... You can find me at Reading Cookies on Twitch, and you can also find me at my somewhat officially Twitter handle that doesn't have a blue check mark because blue check marks are for losers. Um, I'm just trying to start about rage now. Oh, Aaron Reeves Art. Um, I believe you can find me at the same thing on the Instagram and possibly the Snapchats and the TikToks for you young people because yes i am just gonna lean into that i've made that that i'm too old for this nonsense yeah but what's your what's your angel fire page what's your myspace address sorry my geocities was lost in the the great geocities no longer exist debacle <laughs> uh i i still feel my bad. tumblr was lost in the this might have porn on and it better delete it it just to be safe debacle mm. uh, female presenting nipples God, what uh, anyway <laughs> on that note I've been L I've been Aaron and this has been check this out a podcast of media positivity and remember you opened this can of worms now lie in it